kick off this morning's series, and Pastor's given us the opportunity to share with you. Uh, I'm going to be looking at a, a, some scriptures in Luke chapter 2. Um, as a title of verse, I'm using Luke chapter 2, verse 25, and I'm going to share with us this morning. And maybe you've heard a uh, course by this title upon the fact that we can worshiping while waiting. There's a beautiful little course that talks about that, and we may share some things about that just a, just a little bit later on. But in Luke chapter 2, verse number 25, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. Father, we're thankful this morning we can come together in your presence. We're thankful for your promises, but also thankful, Lord, we can look back into your word See the fulfillment of the prophecy, the fulfillment of your promises, Lord, how you minister to your people throughout the ages, and we're grateful for that. We pray you'll speak to all of our hearts throughout this Christmas season. We may be drawn closer to you, Lord, a greater relationship, a greater fellowship with you, Lord. May the, all of this season, Lord, may the majesty of this season, the holiness of this season, the glory of this season, Father, be imparted to all of us that we may carry it forth day after day and year in and year out in our lives. May Christmas be alive every day in our, in our life, Lord. May it be new and fresh every morning. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your favor and goodness. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Worshiping while waiting. Waiting is something that we all aren't very good at, perhaps, are we? We kind of struggle with that sometimes. And I thought perhaps uh, our goals for waiting changes as we go through different stages of life. I, I just wrote down three little things here. As a child, maybe not necessarily in this order, but... We wait for Christmas, our birthday, and the last day of school. And those are things that we just can't wait to see come about. I thought about maybe as a teenager, what, what would we think about? Getting our driver's license and our freedom. Being able to celebrate with our friends and that first little puppy love that we have. And we eagerly await those events to take place in our life. When you become my age, you wait to see the grandchildren and family get-togethers and good meals and times with your family. and That's life. That's, that's all you need in life when you have those things, when you wait upon those, and those things come to us. And when we compare the way we wait, when Paul writes in Galatians about the fruit of the Spirit, he mentions some things like this, about having peace, joy, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, and temperance. Uh, I'm not sure in my waiting process that I qualify for all those. I'm not sure I fulfill all those. I'm not sure that I always have long-suffering. because We're an impatient generation, aren't we? I'm not sure that I always have gentleness in my waiting process or meekness in my process or, or temperance, which is self-control in the waiting process there that we wait. We should be waiting upon the Lord. They said the military should have a slogan, hurry up and wait. And that's very true. That, that applies to all the military, uh, um, especially when you're getting ready to go have your meals. Uh, sometimes you'd line up in formation, and then the drill sergeant or the instructor would say this, attention, and then we're going to double-time march to the to get our meal. That means you're going to jog at a pretty fast pace. So you jog to the place you're going, and um, if you're in the other branches of the military, you went to a mess hall. The Navy is very good about that. They say you go to a chow hall. No one wants to double time to go to a mess. 
But almost all of us want to go, we can double time to go get some chow, but, but I don't know why the other military branches said that, but that's the way they looked at it. But, but uh, you, you double time to get there, and then you got to wait for a long time. Sometimes your food's cold when you get to it, but, but uh, that's the military slogan there. Uh, someone did an impersonation of a dad when he went to Disneyland, and they said it goes like this. Wait two hours for a two-minute ride, and that's why we dads look like that. We don't have a smile on our face. We're scowling and frowning because we have to wait those two hours to go get that little two-second ride in. Uh, I don't know. uh, Perhaps you've been behind them, and uh, they seem to get behind me on occasion. Have you ever drove up to the traffic light, and it's it's red, and, and the person behind you, their car somehow, their car horn is synchronized with that light. I don't know how it works, but it does. But, but the moment that light turns green, honk, 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 I, I don't know how that works out there. They, they just can't wait to get there. they got to get where they're going. And, and probably the, the biggest thing that kind of frustrates me a little bit sometimes is uh, you're driving down the interstate, someone runs up on your bumper at 85 miles an hour and almost runs over top of you, they whip out around you, and they whip back in and almost take your front bumper off, and then they turn off at the exit right in front of them. you got to apply your brakes there. And I'm like... I think you just waited you even got there faster probably instead of all that maneuvering in and out of traffic. But, but we just can't wait for things to happen there. We're such an impatient generation. When we go to our doctor's office, and, and um, thank you, good doctors. We love you. We appreciate you for all you do for us, keeping us well and healthy. But you go to the doctor's office, and there's all these magazines on medical t- terminology and medical technology. We don't know a thing about so We're not interested in looking at them or reading anything about them, but it's called a waiting room and it's called that for a purpose and a reason we sit there and we wait a while wait upon the doctors to come or they come out and get us and bring us in and help us to find out what we need to know that's wrong with us or to make us feel well or make us feel better but we go to those waiting rooms have to wait 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 so we're not very good at waiting sometimes are we We want something to happen right away and want it to happen right now want to be solved for you and I that very particular moment and waiting doesn't always bring out the best in us, does it? Sometimes waiting shows our true character or shows what we're really thinking or who we really are during that particular time. Waiting can cause us discomfort. It can cause us to be discouraged. It can cause us to become disillusioned at times. Sometimes waiting isn't the perfect scenario or the perfect setup that we think it should be. Waiting upon God and living in His Spirit causes you and I to grow into a more perfect or a complete person. When God has you and I waiting, there's reason and there's purpose behind his divine plan that he has for you and I. And he wants to show you and I that if we wait upon him, then we can become a more mature, a more complete, and a more perfect Christian that he desires for us to be. I looked at some situations there throughout the scripture, and we're going to See how this applies to the Christmas season in just a moment. But I looked at the situation concerning Joseph. And we all know the little story. We talk about Joseph from the pit to the prison to the palace. We talk about that. But I thought about Joseph's life throughout all of that, from being in the pit to the prison and then to the palace. And some things I saw about Joseph as he waited there. Joseph worshiped God by keeping his integrity and having a forgiving spirit. All the time he was there, Joseph 
maintain his moral purity and maintain his integrity and maintain his love for God and his association with God. And he kept the fact that all the things that happened to him in the past was not going to destroy his forgiving spirit. So he had an integrity and he had a forgiving spirit. Holy Spirit, help you and I as we wait upon the Lord to maintain our integrity and maintain a forgiving spirit in this world with those around and about us. I thought about the life of King David. King David had an opportunity on two occasions to assassinate King Saul, or David had an opportunity on two occasions to assassinate King Saul and assume the leadership of the king of the king of Israel. Because back in then, if you assassinate the king, you took over the kingship. So David had already been promised years ago. David had been promised, you're going to be the king. You're the next king. Samuel, I've anointed you. You're going to be the next king of Israel. And David had that opportunity to go in and rush God, get ahead of God, overcome the plans of God, outrun the plan of God. And he had that opportunity to become the next king of Israel. But David said, what? I will not touch God's anointed on both of those occasions. He said, everything I did, Lord, forgive me for touching your anointing. And forgive me for that fact that I went in and tried to assume the fact that I was going to get ahead of God and I was going to outrun God in that situation. And so he, in the life of David, we said, what? That he could have taken things under his own hands but he waited patiently upon the timing of Almighty God. And during that waiting period, he sang some psalms and he wrote some poems for you and I, didn't he? Of worship and praise as he was fleeing from Saul and waiting upon Saul. So help you and I that we don't try to outrun God. We don't try to outplan God. We don't try to make God, force God's hand to do something that God isn't ready to do for you and I. But we wait patiently upon the Lord and says, those that wait patiently upon the Lord are one day going to mount up and run and they're going to be able to enjoy the blessings in the favor of Almighty God. I think of the, uh, put me a little sidebar here, the negative thing of, of trying to rush God or trying not to wait upon God. We can think of Abraham and Sarah. They had a promise and they didn't wait upon God. And we see all the trouble and all the issues and all the situations that rose because they said what? We're going to take God's timing into our hands and we're going to work it out our own way. And so David said what? I will wait upon the Lord. I think of Daniel. Daniel in his worshiping, Daniel in his waiting, he worshiped by being faithful in prayer, and he kept and maintained a life of integrity. He kept his moral values about him, and he kept his dietary values about him, and he kept the fact that he was a Hebrew, and he worshiped the true and living God. And so all throughout that time that Daniel was waiting upon the Lord to bring deliverance to the nation, he worshiped the Lord with his integrity and his purity, and he worshiped faithfully by prayer. The scripture reminds you now what? That while Daniel was waiting, three times a day, he opened his window toward Jerusalem, and he prayed to the Lord, and the scripture said, as he had aforetime, as he had before, as it always been his practice, it's always his situation. And so may Daniel remind you and I, while we're waiting, worship the Lord. While we're waiting, maintain our prayer life. While we're waiting, maintain our integrity that you and I have in the sight of Almighty God. And then we can think of Paul and Silas in the New Testament. They're bound in prison, and we sang that song, Paul and Silas bound in jail all night long. But what they're saying, who's going to deliver us? Who's going to take care of us? Who's going to get us out of this situation we're in? At the midnight hour, Paul and Silas begin to worship by doing a praise team song. They begin to worship up the Lord in song and praise there. And it became so powerful and so bad that other prisoners listened in. And then the jailer was able to be converted later on because of their worship there. And so from Paul and Silas, we said, while we're waiting, maintain our spirit 
of worship. Maintain an attitude of praise. Maintain an attitude of thanksgiving before the Lord. And someone's made mention of the fact that sometimes while we're waiting and we don't know what to do next, go back to the last good thing you did that God blessed you and God anointed you in and begin to do that again. Keep doing the good things until God opens up a new avenue or a new way or a new program for you to walk into that you can enjoy the blessing and the favor and the goodness of Almighty God. Worship while we're waiting. In Luke chapters 1 and 2, you see the beautiful Christmas story that we're entering into the Christmas season. And there's some worshiping while they waited during this, during this time. You could probably pick out more, but I've looked at at least three in the scriptures there that talks about our worshiping while we're waiting. I want to look at the beautiful Virgin Mary, the young lady Mary. Uh, we're not going to read all these scriptures, but it's found in Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 56. Mary is a very young teenage girl. The angel Gabriel is sent from the Heavenly Father to visit her and share some things with her. And he comes and says, Blessed are you, young lady. God the Father has chosen you, and the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and empower you, and you're going to give birth to the Son of God. He's going to be the Christ child. He's going to be the Redeemer. He's going to save mankind from their sins and bring hope to a world that's had no hope. So for around 400 years, there had been a silence from the heavens, and no one had heard the voice of God speaking to them. But suddenly, he comes to this young girl and begins to share these things with her in Luke chapter 1, beginning with 1 Thumb 39. And she listens, and then young Mary says, what? I guess in our, our modern vernacular, she might say, okay, God, you and I got this. Let's get on with it. But she says, be it unto me, Lord. Whatever you've chosen to do, Lord, I surrender to you, and I accept your will, and I accept your plan, and I accept your purpose in my life, so let it be brought to fulfillment, Lord. And sometimes in our waiting, you and I even need to know that. Lord, you have made a promise, and we don't know how this promise is going to work out. It seems to be an impossible promise. It seems to be a super miraculous promise. It seems to be the that in the eyes of man or through the program of man, this cannot come into being. But, God, you have a plan for me and a purpose for me, and you made a promise to me. So, Lord, I believe you. And whatever I need to do to fulfill that promise, Lord, let it be brought to fruition in my life. But Mary found out that, and she shared that with the angel. And then the angel departed. And we know the, the situation of the story. Most of shared that, that uh, Joseph could have, put her away. He could have made her a, a very shameful situation there. They could have even stoned her if they'd chosen to do so. There are lots of scenarios. We don't know all the purpose of planet, but we do know this, that, that during that time, Mary took a journey and she went to visit her cousin Elizabeth and the priest Zacharias there. And so we can learn some things about Mary from going that to, while you're waiting, don't separate yourself. Don't annihilate yourself. Don't become a lone wolf there. Don't get off to yourself because when you're all by yourself, when you're all alone, the enemy begins to magnify your problem. He begins to expand your problem. He begins to tell you how bad things are and how hopeless things are and how unfruitful things will ever be in your life. But Mary, instead of staying in the village there where she'd heard all the bad talk and all the negative talk and all the bad reviews she'd gotten there, all the stares she'd gotten there, all the rejection she'd gotten there, she chose to go somewhere she could get in the fellowship 
relationship with some like believer, someone who could encourage her, someone who could strengthen her, someone who could relate to her, someone who could lift uplift her. And so while you're waiting, if you're going through a period of waiting and things aren't going well in your life, don't separate yourself. Don't go to the naysayers. Don't go to those who are negative. Now, we don't want to just find someone who's going to agree with us no matter what the situation is, but, but find the brotherhood of the church here. Find the fellowship of the church here. Find the body of Christ here. And while you're waiting, join yourself to someone that can pick you up and lift you up and encourage you and set your feet upon the solid rock and establish your way and establish your going and make you fruitful there. And so Mary went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. They began to share some things there. The Bible said that while they were there, that, that John the Baptist, who was in the womb of Elizabeth, went, leaped through the power of the Holy Spirit there as they came together under the anointing of God and in the fellowship of God and began to worship together there. But not only did Mary find someone that, that she could share her faith with, Mary worshiped the Lord. She said, my soul magnifies the Lord. I rejoice in God my Savior. Holy are your name. You've done good things for Israel, Lord. You've blessed your people. And so during this period of waiting, during this time when Mary could have been ashamed, when she could have been dejected, when she could have said, I give up, this is not going to work out, and this is not a promise of God, she found a way to say, well, I magnify the Lord. I glorify the Lord. I praise the Lord. And we find that hard to do. But in our period of waiting, find a reason you can be thankful and you can be grateful and you can worship the Lord and magnify Him for His goodness in our life. Not only that, but she began to testify of God's goodness and God's grace and God's mercy that He shared with her by speaking about the fact that God had called her to be that promise uh, one to deliver His only Son to a lost and dying world. So while Mary is waiting, she's worshiping. Worshiping by fellowshipping, worshiping by giving her testimony, and worshiping through her praise unto the Lord. In Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 32, we find another one that the Bible speaks to you and I about in the Christmas story here. Now, the, the baby's just been born now, and things are going to begin to happen here. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, they took, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. Simeon is waiting for the consolation. The consolation is the comfort or the salvation or the fulfilling of the promise that God has made for his people. And Simeon has been waiting that long time. What are some things that the scripture says to you and I about Simeon while he's waiting there? He was a very devout person. He was a godly person. He, he was a, a person that lived a holy and a righteous and an upright life before God the Father. It says also that he was waiting for Israel's consolation. And may you and I say, well, we're waiting for what God's going to do for you and I. We're, we're going to celebrate the Christmas season. We're going to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But may you and I as Christians have something even greater that we're waiting for. We're waiting for the Lord to return to the rapture of his church and to take his people to be with him forever in eternity where there's all the freedoms and the joys and the blessings of living a life that's pure before him forever in the heavens. Simeon is waiting for the consolation of Israel. 
Then shares this with you and I, that the Holy Ghost was upon him. He allowed the Holy Spirit to guide and direct and lead his life. May you and I, as Christians today, and may we as Pentecostal people return to the fact that we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He is the baptizer. He's our comforter. He's our strength. He's our teacher. He's our leader. He's our guide. And he helps you and I through all the situations in life. We need the empowerment of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. And you and I, that the Holy Spirit feel, need to say, well, we want to exemplify the power and the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that each generation may know of the joy and the goodness and the favor of God. And so Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel while the Holy Spirit was leading him and guiding him and directing him. Also, Simeon followed all of the Hebrew laws and customs of that time. He was waiting in the temple there. He was doing the deeds of the temple. He was doing the works of the temple. And he knew that there, when they brought the child in, that there was a Jewish procedure he was to follow there. So may you and I, while we're waiting for the Lord, continue to be faithful in our Christian walk. Faithful in our Christian talk, faithful in our Christian lives, faithful in our Christian efforts, faithful in our Christian works. Now, may the world see you and I not only talking about the goodness of God and the works of God, but may we exemplify and show forth. And the old saying is what? May our walk match our Christian talk as we serve the Lord faithfully there. But Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel, but he was following all the customs and the laws and the duties of his time that made him a good uh, Hebrew or a good Jewish citizen there that he obeyed and was able to worship in the temple during this season and during this time. Then there was a, another lady there that waited patiently. Sim, Simeon had waited all those years. But what did, well, let's go back from what did he say? That uh, they brought the baby in and he said, I'm waiting for the consolation of Israel. It's revealed to him that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's cry. And later he said, he took the babe up in his arms. He blessed God and said, Lord, now let thy servant depart in peace according to my eyes, my, according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. While we wait upon the Lord, there's a coming a time that we're going to be able to say, well, God, I have seen, I have t- tasted of, I know you have performed what you promised in my life, and I magnify you and I glorify you. Also in Luke chapter 2, there's a lady by the name of Anna. She got married. Seven years after she's married, her husband passed away. And so for the rest of her life, she lived as a widow. But she went and served in the temple. Luke chapter 2, verses 36 through 38. There was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise to the Lord and spake of him to all that looked for the redemption in Jerusalem. After her husband had passed away, she evidently just moved to the temple. Maybe he was a priest or maybe he served in some capacity. We don't know. But she moved to the temple there and she began to stay at the temple and, and do some common duties probably around the temple. Uh, sometimes we, we don't recognize what goes on, but uh, we come into a beautiful sanctuary here. We come into a decorated sanctuary. We come into a clean sanctuary. We come and drive in, and, and the, the parking lot looks nice, and the yard's freshly mown, and, and all those things. We come in and see that, but sometimes we just kind of take it for granted, don't we? We just kind of pass that on by. Uh, in the Circle Maker book, uh, I think, well, the second one we're reading, one of them, Carol and I were talking about some things that was so true. Uh, they're talking about, I think, uh, 
Uh, what was that? Anyway, uh, when we bought our RAV4, we didn't, know what a, we didn't know what a Toyota RAV4 was. We didn't think it was one on the road. We didn't know anything about that. But we started driving, and 1,000 million people followed my example and bought them a RAV4. Because everywhere I looked, there was a RAV4. And it, about, it makes that little wrinkle in our brain there. We don't notice things until, until it becomes relevant to you and I and important to you and I and valuable to you and I. And so Anna has been serving the Lord in the temple. They're doing all these, probably, these little behind-the-scenes things that no one noticed when they came to the temple. But it made the completion of the worship service there. It made the fulfillment of the duties that the others performed there work better because she was fulfilling her simple little duties of being in the temple there daily, worshiping the Lord and serving the Lord there. And said that from her... From from this prophet Anna, we learned some things about her, that she waited as a prophet, but she maintained her integrity as well. She maintained her moral purity through all that time. In her prophetess, duty as a prophet, she probably was a teacher or a trainer. And when he talks about prophets, the Bible says all of you and I are prophets, or all of you and I are pastors, or all of you and I are ministers. When we begin to serve the Lord and we begin to receive the Lord's salvation in our life, when we testify, when we witness, when we do able to do good deeds to others, we're serving the Lord in that capacity there. But she stayed in that capacity. But she stayed there in the temple. She served God with fasting and prayers. She had a thankful spirit, and she witnessed about the goodness of Almighty God in her life. And so we, we can learn some things about waiting from all these that we see in the Scriptures here. And again, how do you and I worship while we wait? How do you worship during your season, during your period, during your time of waiting? Nelson and Alice is going to come in just a few moments, and we're going to share a song together with you before we conclude our worship today. But we're going to go through just a few more reminders here in just a few moments. They're coming and getting ready. Worshiping while we're waiting. How do we worship? While we wait, I want to go back and just remind us of some of the things we shared this morning. Joseph worshipped with integrity and keeping his morality and had a forgiving spirit. David worshipped by waiting on God's perfect timing. Daniel worshipped by being faithful in his prayer life and his purity. Paul and Silas worshipped in praise and in their witness. Mary worshipped in fellowship, worship, and a testimony. Simeon worshipped by being just, devout, following God's word, faithfully doing God's work, and listening to the Holy Spirit. Anna, the prophet, worshipped by being a teacher, by training, by living in integrity, by serving God, and by fasting, and by praying. If you're comfortable this morning, I'm going to have you stand with me, if you would, please. We got time. Yeah, we got time. If you're comfortable, would you just mind coming and standing before the altar just a few moments this morning? course that speaks about while I'm waiting 
Yes, and just a few things in those verses there. While I'm waiting, while I'm waiting, I will serve you. While I'm waiting, I will worship you. While I'm waiting, I will not faint. I'll not grow weary. I'll not give up. I'll not get discouraged. I'll not give in. While I'm waiting, I will serve you. While I'm waiting, I will worship. He says, I'm waiting on you, Lord. I'm waiting on you, Lord. While I'm waiting, I will worship. While I'm waiting, I will serve. While I'm waiting, I'll not faint. But I'm waiting, waiting on you, Lord. So this morning, I don't know what you're waiting for. The Lord knows. I don't know how long you've been waiting. The Lord knows. But don't get discouraged. Don't get despondent. Don't give in. You're doing some good things. Number one, you're in the fellowship of the body of Christ, which helps you to get through your period of waiting. You're faithful in a life of prayer and fasting and reading God's word. You're faithful in your Christian witness and your Christian testimony. You're faithful in your Christian duties and your Christian service. So while we're waiting, God is working. While we're waiting, God's plan is being put into completion. While we're waiting, God knows what's best. He knows what you need. He knows what's best for you. And so may you and I be a people in a congregation that can say, Lord, I'm waiting. Maybe we're waiting for an answer to a prayer. Maybe we're waiting for a healing. Maybe we're waiting for a financial situation. Maybe we're waiting for family members that we're praying for and believing for. Maybe we're waiting for the medical report to come back and be a good report instead of something that's negative that disturbs us. Maybe we're waiting because we don't know what to do next. We just set a crossroads in our life. But while we're waiting, we will worship. We'll not give up. We'll not grow weary. But we will serve while we're waiting.